everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be listening to episode two of 2022's More Make It Count series, keeping the main thing the main thing. This episode was originally released in August of 2022, so if you want to go and watch the original full video, you can do so by heading to our website, www.moreconference.co.nz. We're going to be hearing from Ronji Tanelu. Ronji and his wife Bena returned to New Zealand in 2017 after serving as Christian missionaries in 33 different countries, working mostly with persecuted and suffering Christians, developing business as mission projects, serving in orphanages and sex trafficking rescue work, church planting and smuggling Bibles into restricted nations. They attend a small house church called The Waterhole in South Auckland. In New Zealand, he's involved in an online apologetics and evangelism ministry called Fresh Truth Ministries, which have their own podcast, Bible teaching videos, and articles on Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. He's also involved in street preaching and evangelism in markets and public places around Auckland. Ronji currently works for the Salvation Army as a lawyer and principal policy advisor, advocating for policy and law changes from a biblical-slash-Christian worldview to government, corporate, and community stakeholders. Let's hear what Ronji has to say about keeping the main thing the main thing. Hey, nga mihi mahana ki a koutou katoa e daro te ngō hiu kareiti o te whata alofa tu le swafapa i o Yesu ki riso tato li faola. Greetings in the beautiful, matchless and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. My name is Ronji Tanielu. I'm absolutely blessed to come and hang out with you, though virtually online. I pray that you guys are all well. All around the territory, around Aotearoa, around Fiji, Bula, around Tonga, Malorele, around Samoa, the promised land. Uh, lover. So again, uh, my name is Ronji. I work for the Salvation Army, been here for about 10 years. I trained as a lawyer. I've uh, been a missionary overseas in parts of Africa and Asia and really involved in street preaching and online apologetics. And now I'm standing here in front of you, hopefully not scaring you while you watch me. Family, I'm really blessed to come and share this topic. And the topic is keeping the main thing the main thing. And the question is, well, what is the main thing? And I'm glad you're asking all around the territory. See, the main thing in my view, in my opinion, my argument is Jesus Christ. I know that when you go to Sunday school and you say Jesus Christ, about 80% of the time you're right. But here, that is the focus. The main thing is Jesus. My focus today is to make sure that Jesus and the gospel message of Jesus Christ remain central to your life as a children's and youth workers and Christ, uh, around the territory and Christian in general, but also central to our lives as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. I do want to give you a trigger warning at the same time. Look, there's going to be some stuff that I say that you might not like and you might disagree with, and that's okay. If you have any hate mail, please send it to Matt Badger or go straight to the TC. But these things I'm going to share today might provoke you, might push you, you might not like it. But I'm going to ask you just to uh, reflect and think about the challenges I give you. Go back to the Word of God, test what I say back to the Word of God, and then make your decisions from there. If you're still not happy with what I said, then go back to Matt and go back to the TC. Family, I believe um, that we live in a spoon-fed entertainment hype-driven model of Christianity in Aotearoa and probably around the world. Hey, we're so focused on entertaining people, on emotional music and smoke machines and flash videos and, and, and sort of all of these Christian slogans that people just throw around all the time. And we, we live in this environment where we, we go to church and often there's sort of 
airy-fairy week preaching and there's more about stories and, and what things that happen during the week rather than going back to the Word of God itself. And outside of the church, man, things are getting harder and harder. When my wife and I came back to Aotearoa in 2017, we were serving as missionaries all over the world. And we've come back to a society that is, is, is really hard to be a Christian nowadays. There's massive changes and issues in our societies, sort of liberal abortion laws. Or now in New Zealand, we've legalized euthanasia so, or assisted suicide. And, and then we get to questions around gender and sexuality um, challenges that are happening and mandates and lockdowns and all these things happen happening around us. And then we look at media and it seems like anyone who has a Christian worldview or a way of looking at things seems to be attacked and challenged just because of their Christianity. See, family, in that environment that I've just given you, we must ensure the true, complete, saving gospel message of Jesus Christ as explained in God's word stays central to our lives because there's so much noise and distraction in the world, but also in churches as well. In that environment, family, I'm pleading with you, we must keep the main thing, the main thing. We must keep Jesus and the gospel message central to our lives. So, what is the main thing? Again, what is the gospel message? Who is Jesus? I think these are good questions. I'm glad you're asking them at home. See, if you were to ask that question to a lot of people, they'd probably give you a lot of different answers about what the gospel is and who Jesus is. I've heard people say, well, the gospel is about good works. I just, if I just do my good works, I'm going to be right with God. I've heard other people say it's all about love. The gospel is about love, love, love. I, I was out street preaching in South Auckland last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a young man that said, no, it's all about love. Don't worry about everything else. It's all about love. Then other people might say, well, Jesus was a great man. He was a great teacher, but he wasn't God. Hey, so you've got all these different views. And to be honest, family, there's lots of passages in Scripture that we can look at to try and understand what this gospel message is a bit better. We can go to John 3.16, or actually the whole of John 3. Uh, we can, we can um, look at John 3.16 deeper. We can go to John 14.1-6. We can look at Acts 14-12 or Ephesians 2.8-10. I pray that you would go back and look at those Scriptures um, that I've just given you. We can go look at those things. But for me, I want to go back to the Word of God. I want to understand again what that main thing is a little bit better. And I'm going to ask you to turn to your Bibles or your phones or your, or, your, or your techie things that you have the Bible on to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. And I want to give you a bit of a background. See, Paul started this church in Corinth. Hey, that's where the word Corinthians come from. He started this church in one of his missionary journeys. Paul had left the church by now, but he had heard a lot of reports about all this bad stuff that was happening inside this church in Corinth. There was sexual immorality. There was divisions inside the church. There was heaps of pride. People were using spiritual gifts in the wrong ways. People were abusing key Christian teachings. If you think your church is bad, check out the Corinth church because it was a pretty munted church. And so Paul writes this letter back to the Corinthian church to challenge them, to encourage them to keep the main thing, the main thing. And so in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4, Paul writes this, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, hey, key word, which I preached unto you, which you also have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. Okay, so it's not just a gospel message, but it's a saving gospel message. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And verse 4, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according 
to the Scriptures. Family, that's a wonderful short summary of the gospel message. Do you know what the word gospel means? It actually means good news. It means good tidings. And in this society of darkness and drive-by shootings and, and, and cost of living crisis and housing issues, we, we need some good news. Can I just say the greatest news is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in this passage, Paul outlines simply, hey, from verses 3 and 4, Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He rose again three days later. See, family, when someone believes uh, this message in faith and trusts the gospel message with all that they have, the Bible says they are born again by the Spirit of God. And there's three parts I want to quickly race through today. First part that Paul talks about in verse 3 is Jesus dying for our sins. See, the Bible is clear that we are all sinners. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible is also clear on what sin is. It's really challenging too because there's lots in society and there's lots inside the church that want to water down and actually don't want to mention sin anymore. They don't want to uh, make, say something that's offensive. Oh, you, you might be called judgmental or a bigot or a racist or whatever it is. See, the truth is, family, Jesus died for our sins. See, sin is when we fall short of the standard of God. Sin is when we've broken the law, the code that God has for us. And all of us have sinned, especially me. And, see, and here, Paul is explaining that Jesus Christ died for our sins. See, he died so we can become new creations and not add Jesus to our old lives. And I think that's a challenge for us. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. We deserve death because of our sin. But there's a really key and important part there. But the gift of God is eternal life. See, we need to give both sides of that gospel message. It can't be all about God's wrath and judgment and nothing about God's mercy, love and grace. But then it can't all be about love and grace and mercy and you forget the judgment and the righteousness and the wrath of God. That's the gospel message. Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's why I love when John the Baptist saw his cousin walking down the street and he yells out to Jesus Christ and he says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. See, that's who Jesus is. He's the one who died for our sins. Then the next part in, verse, in, in, in chapter 15, verse 4, it says Jesus was buried. Jesus was fully man and fully God. That's a hard thing for us to try and understand, but that's what the Bible teaches. See, the fact that he was buried showed that Jesus was also a man and he was buried for real in a tomb. And this fulfilled many Old Testament prophecies. Then the last part of that gospel message is this, Jesus was resurrected. See, the miracle of the resurrection shows us that death and hell could not hold our Jesus down. His death and burial showed that he was a man, but his supernatural resurrection showed that he was fully God as well. That's a beautiful picture. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus didn't rise again, we would have a miserable faith. It would be a waste of time being a Christian if Jesus didn't rise again. Because he rose again, those who put their faith and trust in him will gain salvation in him and new life in him. See, family, that's the gospel. That's the main thing. The gospel is all about Jesus. You know that. And God sent his son to be the perfect sacrifice on that cross for our sins. He was buried and he miraculously rose again three days later. Does that message get you? Does that message actually make you think of the amazing cost 
of you and I's salvation. When we believe and trust and put our faith in this message, we, relieve, we, we receive salvation, grace, and a new life in Christ. See, the main thing is the person of Christ. The main thing is the gospel, the saving gospel or good news of Jesus Christ. Can I be really bold and say the main thing is not doing good works? It's not trying to entertain people in church and hype them up with a bunch of emotions or experiences. It's not about money or religion and all of that kind of stuff. The main thing has to be the person of Christ, the one who, uh, who died for our sins according to the scriptures, who, wrote, who was buried and who rose again three days later. Family, for your crucial work as children and youth leaders around the territory, the main thing, in my view, must be to teach your young people about Jesus. Keep teaching straight from the Bible in context and don't pick and choose the parts that you like and leave the parts you don't like, but, but teach these young people from the Word. Can I just plead with you? Your work is absolutely crucial and, you, and it is an absolutely vital that you keep the main thing the main thing. So welcome team. Thank you so much for joining us. So we have Andrew Green, who is a core officer at Miramar, and he also loves to help in the children's space. He also works for social housing in Wellington. And then we have Noah Spargo. Um, Noah is many things. He works in the children's department at THQ. He's part of the youth band, uh, leads the tech team at Johnsonville Core, where his team is predominantly made up of young people who serve and love to do all things techie. So that was part one of Ronji's talk and what a great challenge it was. And I was wondering if you guys could give me some thoughts, ask you a couple of questions. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. So question number one, thinking about your own relationship with Jesus, how do you keep Jesus as the main thing? Yeah, for me, um, in my own relationship with Jesus, I think it's all about uh, coming back and refocusing through prayer. Um, really just uh, like spending time with God, making space for him to speak into things, uh, remembering that it's not just, you know, me walking down the road by myself. There's actually a partnership going on there that um, only works if we're talking to each other. Keeping the main thing, the main thing for me in my relationship with Jesus is about talking to him all the time. And Andrew, did you have any thoughts about Ramji's first talk? Yeah, I like to try and read the, the whole Bible in a year. Um, so that's breaking it into big pieces and I won't always remember all of it, but um, I don't remember what I had for dinner last Thursday, <laughs> but I know it was good for me. So I know if I'm feeding, if I'm feeding on God's word, if that's coming in, then, then that's something I operate out of. Yeah, I guess it's the, it's the flip side of the prayer. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're speaking to God. God might speak through us, uh, to us through the Bible. Yeah. yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's really leaning into what uh, Ronji has been saying in this, like, this first session that we just watched, um, like through, through prayer, through reading the Bible, um, hitting on those three main things, you will find all those three things, sort of, by doing those, um, great to refocus on those. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And second question. Mm. How does your ministry reflect Jesus as the main thing? So, Andrew, you're obviously very much in ministry and have been for a while. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I like how Jesus was often interrupted. Uh, he'd be on the way to something and something would happen. Uh, so having enough, having enough space in our, in our days to accommodate that 
and believing that God's going to speak through, uh, speak to, and speak through our children. Mm. Um, so yeah, just just listening into what the what the kids are saying, mm. um, and we'll hear Jesus through that. Awesome, Noah. Yeah, especially thinking about what I do at the core level, um, Ronji talking about, you know, the, the smoke and mirrors, the lights, it's not about uh, the emotion or drawing people into that emotion. Uh, I think, um, especially in the tech space, making sure Jesus is the main thing is so important because we can make it a show, we can make it, you know, uh, a spectacle. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it's really about me making sure that we're reminding ourselves, actually, what is the reason we're doing this? Why are we here? We, we should be able to take this all away. It's all additive to the main thing being Jesus. Um, yeah, so it's just about, for me, making sure that I impart on our, our young people and our volunteers in that space that just remember, like, what are you here to do? Who are you here to serve? Mm. Thanks guys for sharing, love your answers. Um, so now let's listen to part two of Ronji's talk. Hey, Talofa Lava family, it's me, Ronji, again. I've been magically transported up here to the Miramar Youth uh, Centre or building or room, and I'm just chilling out here. And family, we've just gone through a bit of a discussion around what is the gospel. And I'm thinking, man, you children's and youth workers are deep in the Bible. And you're thinking, man, I know that stuff, Ronji. Why, why do we need to go through that stuff? Well, I guess the reason why I'm saying that is I think it's good to be reminded of what the core of our faith is as Christians, to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is Jesus Christ and the saving gospel message. There's so many distractions in the church, as I said, so many distractions in society. And I think it's always important to come back to what our true norm is or what our foundation is, which is the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. So check this section out, family. Well, I'm in this section, I want to sort of talk about um, why I think your work as children and youth workers and ministry workers is so important around the territory. And I think the main reason is because less people are following Jesus in Aotearoa. And because the Christian and biblical worldview or way of seeing things is often clashing with different views and ideologies and systems in society. Let me give you some numbers. I don't get, don't like phase, phase over and your eyes roll over, but check, listen to these numbers. In the 2018 census, 48% of New Zealanders claimed no religion. That's nearly half of Aotearoa, over 2.2 million people now say they have no religion. That means we're, going to, we're increasingly living in a society that doesn't have a God base, that doesn't believe in Jesus or even think about the Christian worldview. For Pacific people in New Zealand, everyone thinks all brown people go to church, right? Well, the stats now show that one in every five Pacific people in Aotearoa now claim no religion. That's changing really fast. What about the Pacific Islands? Well, in Samoa, 98% of people said that they were Christians. That's a big number. In Fiji, about 65% of Fijians said that they were Christians because there's a big Hindu and Muslim population. And in Tonga, 98% of the country said that they were Christians. Those, are, those Pacific people are known to be very religious. And so we can see these big numbers. But I do want to argue, I do want to make a point though, I think that there is a big difference between true biblical Christianity and religion. 
Hey, I, see, religion is about doing good works and trying to earn your way into heaven. I know as a Pacific person, that was my whole life when I was growing up. It was all about good works and being good and attending church. But see, there's a difference between, between that and true biblical Christianity, which is the gospel, which is what we went uh, through before about Jesus Christ dying for our sins, being buried and rising again three days later. See, the thing is, sitting inside McDonald's, doesn't make you a hamburger. Think about it. Sitting inside McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Sitting inside a church doesn't get you to heaven. Doing good works, being a good person doesn't get you to heaven. It's only through Christ. See, family, that's the environment that you are working in, whether it's in Aotearoa or in the Pacific Islands. It's in New Zealand, we're getting, things are getting more hostile to Christianity all the time. See, New Zealand likes the Jesus of kindness and tolerance and inclusion, all those big words. I call that the super nice Jesus. Hey, people like that super nice Jesus. But then when people start talking about sin, or holiness, or wrath, or punishment, or judgment. Man, those are swear words almost, because we don't want to hear about that side of the gospel message. And in the Pacific Islands, we're very religious, just as we, as I showed with the numbers, 98% being Christians, 65% saying they're Christians, and nearly everyone says they're Christians. But again, religion doesn't save us, only relationship with Christ does. See, as children and youth leaders, this is the context that your young people, that your children are growing up in. They're facing questions about gender, sexuality, politics, marriage, mental health, all these massive things that they're having to deal with in rooms like this here in Miramar. And so the question then becomes, how do you as children and youth leaders prepare them for this challenging world? See, I believe the key family, the answer to that question is this, teach them the word of God. Go back to the Word of God. Let that be our true north. Let that be our foundation and ensuring that their foundation is in the person of Christ and the, and, and the gospel message that we covered before. A couple of months ago, I did a lecture in this big church service called 10 Reasons Why uh, uh, Christians Don't Like Sharing the Gospel or They Don't Like Standing Up for Jesus. It was a really out-of-it lecture because uh, there was a lot of really uh, challenged people that were sending hate mail. Remember, if you have hate mail, go to Matt Badger or the TC, but don't worry, I'll be gone soon. Eh? So, so, but they sent me all this hate mail in this lecture because they were thinking, oh, those things, are, those things, Ronji, in your sermon were too hard. Well, I think maybe if I go through this list quite quickly, and I encourage you to go back and have a think about it, about reasons why we don't share about Jesus, reasons why we don't um, stand up for Jesus in our communities, maybe this might challenge you or inform you or maybe stir you in your ministry in working with children and young people. So I'm going to give you this quick fire, okay? Reason number one that I found in my research why people don't share Jesus and don't contend for the gospel. Reason number one is that they're confused about the gospel. They don't really understand it. They think it's all about love or it's all about good works, all about church attendance. But remember what we went through in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. First, first lesson was that people are confused. Second reason why people don't, don't share Jesus or stand up for Jesus is fear. A fear grips us. We're, we have a fear of failure, we fear of getting it wrong, and, or, or even fear of offending someone because we don't want to talk about these major things that the Bible talks about. See, can I remind you, family, the gospel is offensive at its core. Because it calls me, Ronji, a sinner in need of God's grace. It tells me to deny myself, to take up my cross and follow him. And so 
even though it's, it's a fearful thing to share about Jesus, tell others about Jesus, I would challenge you that at its core, it is an offensive message because it has both the justice of God and the wrath of God as well as the grace and mercy of God. Reason number three why people don't stand up for Jesus or share their faith, they don't know how to share. They've never actually been taught or equipped by their leaders or their pastors on how to share their faith. What about you? In your work with your children and young people, are you engaging with them around how to share their faith, how to apply their faith, how to live their faith out? Even as children, they can work that stuff out. And so they don't know how to share. Reason four, holy huddles. Hey, I love the fact that we as Christians can gather in rooms like this and bring our young people and children together. I love that. But we're not meant to stay here. Christians are good at doing all these holy huddles and that we don't actually go out into the community and actually tell others about Jesus. Reason number five why people don't share about Jesus or don't stand up for their faith is they think it's someone else's job. Oh, you know, it's, it's the pastor's job, or in the Sally's, it's the core officer's job, or it's the youth leader's job. It's not my job. It's let, let other people do that. I'm just going to live my life. Well, let me challenge you. Matthew 28 gives this great commission from Jesus that says all of us have a duty, a job, a commission, a responsibility to share Christ with other people. It's, it is your job. Reason number six, oh, we're too busy. You know, I've got, I've got practice or, you know, Netflix is on. I've got to go check my, my socials. I've got to do all the, you know, we have busy lives and I get that. But the Bible is also clear when Jesus says in Matthew 6, don't focus our lives on earthly treasures, but store up for things that have eternal value. Paul says in Philippians 3, set your minds on the things above. I think we're so busy consumed with the material things that we're not often about our father's business. Reason number seven, why people don't share about Jesus and don't stand up for Jesus in our, in our environment, in our context, is we don't actually believe there's a place called hell. And that might be like, oh, actually, I do believe, you know, that might be you, that might not be, might not be you. But I think the thing is, there's a lot of professing Christians out there that don't actually believe that there is a place called hell or the lake of fire. You know, the thing is, you don't know how much you need a doctor until you know how sick you are, right? Hey, when I'm sick, I've got COVID, I need a doctor. We don't know how much we need a gracious, loving, and merciful God until we ju know just how sinful we are before this holy God. And so if we don't have a hell, then there is no place, there's no deterrent there for us to be able to say, well, the gospel message saves us from that place. Listen to John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him, shall not perish. Perish from what? Perish from having to watch a boring movie? Perish from a Netflix thing? Perish from a, a gaming thing? No, it's perish from hell. If you don't have a hell in your theology, then I, I would challenge that. Reason number eight. This is a good one for the Sallies. We confuse evangelism with outreach. See, the family, evangelism is telling someone the good news of Jesus Christ and pleading with them to put their trust in Jesus. Outreach is when we care for people, when we love and uffy people, when we support them for our programs or initiatives. That's wonderful. I love seeing that. But see, there is a difference. There's a difference between outreach and evangelism. See, the thing is, family, 
If your church or your ministry is heavily involved in outreach, how do you bring the gospel in the core of that? When I go work in the food bank in South Auckland in, 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 in the Salvation Army, I try and put gospel tracts and Bibles in every food parcel that we give out. I go out, try and have conversations with people about Jesus and the faith and so on. How do we be intentional about the gospel in that environment? Almost finished. Reason number nine why we don't want to tell others about Jesus is basically we're lazy. We think, oh, I'm comfortable with my life. You know, I've got my salvation sorted. I'm okay. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. It's comfortable. Like, everything's working out okay. You know, I, I just want to be a nice, quiet Christian. See, the, the, the thing is, when that laziness could lead us to an, an environment where we don't actually care for the lost, care for the unsaved, and we end up being apathetic about their eternal destination. See, to regularly share the gospel means that we have to make time for this. It means we have to sacrifice other things so that we can prioritize sharing this message that can save someone for an eternity. And reason number 10, why I believe Christians don't like sharing the gospel, they're afraid of sharing their faith, is this. You might not truly be saved yourself. And I know, think, man, that's harsh. But this is what the research is showing that one of the main reasons is that that person isn't truly being born again and transformed by the Spirit of God. If you don't have a desire to care for the lost, then maybe you yourself aren't saved. One of my favorite preachers, Charles Spurgeon, says this when he did a sermon about selfishness. He says, have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you yourself might not be saved. If the thought of someone going from spiritual death to spiritual life, from eternal judgment to eternal joy, from slavery to sin to freedom in Christ, doesn't provoke incitement, excitement and, and energy and passion from you, then I think there's something really wrong there, family. See, family, I've given a quick fire list of 10 reasons why I don't, why Christians don't share about Jesus or they're too afraid to stand up for the gospel. What do you think about this list, Fano? Which one of these reasons stood out for you? Which one of these reasons sort of stirred your heart? See, if you struggle with some of the reasons that I said as a ministry worker, think about this. Imagine the struggles that your children and your young people are going through trying to follow this Jesus and learn about this Jesus and live like this Jesus in this hostile environment. I just told you we're becoming less Christian, less emphasis on Christian values and Christian views. And so it's a hostile environment. Even in the Pacific, things are changing. And so the challenge then, family, as I went through that list, is how do we fix these issues? So those were some really interesting stats that Ronji shared. Um, and thinking about the 10 reasons why Christians don't like sharing the gospel, what stood out to you guys from that? Yeah, so so there were a couple. Um, and and man, Ronji just, just talks with real authority, eh? Yep. He just comes in, comes in hard and strong and he's not he's not apologetic. Uh, I really appreciated that. So yeah, I've got I've got a couple there. I need to take take to Jesus and just say, Jesus, what do you want to say to me about this one? Because we need to sort this out. Yeah, what's it out for me? Um, I think the fear of offending or getting it wrong. That second point that he hit on. Uh, one narrative that I picked on on uh, I don't know. It must have been a wee while ago now. Is that like Jesus was countercultural. 
like um, the whole idea of Christianity should be countercultural. It should be challenging what's been happening around us. So that that to me was one thing that was like, yeah. Yeah, what's been on my heart recently, I'm just gonna throw a couple of thoughts in here, um, is to carry, you know, the Bible says to pick up your cross and take up your cross and follow him. And so I think in society, it shouldn't be easy as a Christian. And if it is easy, I feel like something's not right and something's wrong because, you know, carrying a cross, you know, Jesus literally carried a cross and we don't, thankfully, I hope most of us don't have to do that. Um, but it should look difficult. For other people, they should look at us and see that something is different about that person and they're carrying something. And it is a privilege to carry that, but um, it's also really difficult. So, yeah, really interesting. Um, and so out of those things that Ramji shared, what stirred your heart and challenged you the most? Yeah, I think I really love the conversation about the difference between religion and um, actual like Christianity, like a relationship with Jesus. Um, uh, it's so easy, I was thinking about uh, point six, he talked about we are too busy. Um, it's real easy to like make ourselves busy in the church by serving uh, in, in the youth and children's space or serving in the tech space or, or doing all that sort of stuff um, that uh, it really starts to lean in on that religious aspect um, and we're not focusing on uh, like the actual... Like the relationship. Correct. Yeah. Like keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, and I think as part of that also is the, com the confusion of evangelism for outreach. Um, a conversation that I've been having over the last uh, few days with some people is that uh, their ministry is more than who they are in the church. So sure, they may be a, a um, they may serve on my tech team, but that's more than that. They could be a builder, you know, they could be a student, you know, they could be out doing the, like stocking the shelves at Countdown. Like that is their ministry area. Who are they connecting with there? Who are they talking to, you know? Yeah, mm. awesome. yeah what are your thoughts, Andy? Yeah, yeah, we have this great opportunity with, with children to, to get in first. Mm. So if we can plant something like um, the gospel, mm. uh, God's grace, you know, these, these right and wrong and things that we could be aiming for, things that we should be aiming for, we set up some reference points for the children, and when when the world comes with all its stuff, they go, "Hey, this is different to my reference point," mm. but at least I've got somewhere to start from, yeah. so I can go, "Huh, okay, that's not quite what I believe in." Um, but man, if there's no reference point, our children are just going to be hit left to right. Floating, yeah. Wandering. Yeah. 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 I think that's important. That, um, that biblical literacy, yeah. Like actually yeah. knowing the text, knowing what it says. And I, I like, he talks about the super nice Jesus. Mm. Um, sure, yeah. we can read about that, and yes, we often do talk about that, but actually reading the entire gospel paints that entire picture of not just the super nice Jesus. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at it a bit blindly sometimes, so people are like, I like this part. Mm. Just gonna ignore this other part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Especially, especially yeah. this stuff like uh, do not believe in a place called hell. Like, yeah. like that aspect. I really enjoyed what he was talking about. That. So thank you guys so much for sharing your thoughts on that. They were honest, and I really loved hearing what you guys thought. And I loved Ronji's thoughts as well. So we're gonna hear about his final thoughts now.
Hey, kia ora whanau. I've been magically transported here to the Miramar Children's Area. I've got my friends here going to come check, make sure that my doctrine and my teaching is on point. But hey, family, we've, we've had a bit of, we're coming to the end of our, of our, of our talanoa, our kōrero, our session today. And we sort of had a big discussion about what is the gospel. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again for our sins. It's that simple. But we also looked at some of the statistics that are out there that New Zealand is becoming less and less Christian, where the Christian worldview and the Christian value system is being attacked. And it's, it's quite a hostile environment when you look at it. And even in the Pacific, there's big changes as well, even though there are a lot of religious people and say, oh, yeah, we are Christians, we are Christians. But remember, I took us through that difference between what is religion and what is relationship with Christ. And now we've come to this part here where we've just finished talking about this discussion of 10 reasons why Christians don't share the gospel or they don't like talking about Jesus. And I ended off with this thought, how do we fix this? How do we um, uh, change this, this pattern, especially for your crucial work as children's and youth workers uh, in the territory? And I think, family, the key is we've got to come back to God's Word. I want to end off with a short uh, encouragement you, uh, for you from God's Word. And see, if these are some of the reasons why we don't share the gospel, if these are some of the reasons why we struggle to tell others about Jesus and struggle to keep the main thing the main thing, what can we do about it? If the context is hostile for Christians, if the situation is changing quickly, again, what can we do about it? And that's my basic argument, family. The basic argument is this. You need to teach God's word. You need to come back to God's word when you're working with your children and working with your young people. If you're doing that already, praise the Lord. Keep going. But I would challenge you to keep coming back to God's word. See, that's the foundation of faith. That's how we learn the tools that will equip and enable us to live for Jesus, to keep the main thing the main thing in this hostile, complicated world that we live in. That's how you fix things. Prepare your own heart and the heart of your children and young people by teaching God's word in context. Don't just grab verses from all over the place, but teach it in context. And teach it with good exegesis. Oh, that's a, that's a hard word. Eh? Exegesis is when you draw out the principles and the truths out of God's word rather than read into it what you think it should be. And draw out good life applications as well. How do they practically live this faith out in this world that we're living in. And it's not just about entertaining or, or occupying their time or hyping these children and young people up, but they need foundation. They need solid rocks to build their lives on. They need the truth of the Word of God. And so I want to come back to 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 and 17. And I'm going to read it uh, from here. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, Paul is writing this letter to his son in the faith, Timothy. And Timothy was a young pastor. See, Paul is writing this letter, First and Second Timothy and Titus, near the end of his life. He's about to be martyred or killed for following Jesus. And so he writes these encouragements, often called the pastoral letters, to encourage faithful ministers of God. And so Timothy was led to Christ by Paul. And Timothy had this godly heritage. He had a mother and a grandmother that were teaching him the foundations of God and his word. 
And so Paul writes the second letter, 2 Timothy, to encourage this young man, Timothy, to stir him on, to keep him going. Can I just say, family, that's what I hope you get from this part, is that you are encouraged and stirred on and pushed on in your absolutely vital work as working with children and young people. And let's break down the verse. It says here, all scripture. It doesn't say some scripture. It doesn't say just the parts that you like, leave the parts that you don't like. But it says all scripture. That refers both to the Old Testament and to the New New Testament letters that were brought into the canon of, strip, of Scripture. See, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's beautiful. So it's saying all Scripture. Not just, not just the, the words of Jesus in red, which often people rely on, but actually all Scripture, both Old and New Testament. And it says here that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And in the, in the, in the Greek, that means it's God breathed. That, that Scripture is breathed out by God. It has His breath and His life in this book. See, God in his sovereignty inspired and breathed on about 40 different authors who wrote 66 different books across uh, a period of 1,500 years from Genesis to Revelation. And that message of redemption, mercy, love, and grace that is found from Genesis to Revelation is absolutely consistent. See, all Scripture is breathed by God. And it's useful for what? It says that the Scriptures are useful. It's profitable. It's useful for doctrine. See, that's not a dirty word. Doctrine just means teachings or truths that we as Christians should live by. See, the Bible shows us the truths that we should align our lives to. The Bible shows us what's right. In your work as children and youth leaders, teach doctrine. Teach, teach your young people and your children what's right. That's what the Bible is. But it's also useful for reproof. That's a hard word. But reproof shows that we as Christians sometimes get it, get it wrong. Hey, we're still in our fallen nature. And the Bible shows us that when we have broken God's standard, when we have sinned against God himself, even as Christians, it rebukes us, it, 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 it reproves us, it, it shows us what's not right. Hey, doctrine shows us what's right. Reproof or rebuke shows us what's not right. When I look in the mirror of this book, I can see the things that aren't going well in Ronji's life. Then it's useful for correction. A correction is when we fall, when we make those mistakes I mentioned before. God doesn't just leave us down there on the ground. His desire is to help us to get up on our feet and to keep walking with Him. See, this is the restoration and forgiveness of God. See, the Bible here is showing us how to get things right. Right? So here we've got doctrine showing us what's right. Reproof showing us what's not right. Uh, correction showing us how to get things right. And then the last thing here, it says instructions in righteousness. See, this is about our training in God's ways. His desire is to guide and lead us so that we don't sin, but we live a life of righteousness, beauty, holy, and wonder. See, it's a hard journey when we choose to be Christians. It's a hard journey to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's why the Bible shows us how to stay right. In your work as children and youth leaders, it's absolutely critical to, be, to teach doctrine, how to, how, um, what's right, reproof, what's not right, correction, how to get things right, and also instructions in righteousness, how to stay right. See, that's the power of the Word of God. That's why my argument is, I pray that you would teach your children and your young people the Word of God. Verse 17, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This shows us that God's Word is there to give us the knowledge to do what God has called us to do. It equips us to live this Christian life. It helps us to follow Jesus, and it helps us to keep 
the main thing, the main thing. Family, that's my, the end of my session here today. I hope that you were encouraged and you were challenged. I've probably said some things that you didn't like, and that's okay. I was joking about the hate speech or the, the, the hate mail to, the, to, the, to different people, but I would challenge you, go back and search the scriptures for yourself. Listen back to the things that I said and measure what I said back to this word. Don't let me be the authority, but let the word of God be your authority. In the end, I think your work is absolutely critical and crucial in both the Pacific and in Aotearoa. And I would plead with you. I would encourage you. I would challenge you. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Teach the word of God, regardless of how hostile and complex this, your country might be. Teach the word of God. Of God. To God alone be the glory. So far so manaki. Thank you very much. So moving forward with Ronji's thoughts and challenges in mind, what is one thing that you might change or do differently in either your personal life or your ministry? Andrew, do you have any yeah, thoughts on that? It's a big question. It is a big question. Um, so two things for me. I want to look into that. Um, how the Bible is right, how it helps us get right, and how it helps us stay right. So I, I think I need to sit with that and just go, oh man, our kids at Miramar, do they know it is right? Do they know how they can get right? And do they know how they can stay right? And, and a bit easier than that is to um, get the kids praying at the end of our, end of our times together um, so we can hear how things are sitting and and where their hearts are at. Yeah. Yeah, I think for myself, it's about um, that saying of, of uh, you can't pass on what you don't have yourself. Um, yeah. So if I truly want to be imparting like biblical wisdom and, and the gospel onto the people that are, are looking up to me or, or I am leading, um, I need to make sure that I am in a space where I am I'm competent in what um, the word actually says. So I think the takeaway for me is, is actually to challenge myself to be opening the word more. Like actually, what is, what is the truth? What is happening? What is it saying? Um, so that then I can speak in confidence to the people below me. Oh, cool. So you guys are praying and you're using your scripture and everything in your daily lives and in your teams with your children and your young people. Yeah, yeah, it, it's certainly something that um, I try and do a lot, but I, I think, again, another challenge to take away from this is, is we just get so caught up in going through the motions and doing it. I'd love to, like, refocus, like, just refocus on things. Yeah, it's never a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, love that. Andrew, do you have any last thoughts on that? Yeah, thinking about those leaders that are speaking into our children. Uh, yeah. What's my what's my journey like with them? Yeah. Yeah, relationships. Yeah, yeah that's pretty right. important. Um, and hey, you guys have been awesome. I really want to thank you for your thoughts and for being so open. Um, and I hope that we've helped a lot of people unpack this important conversation because it is really important. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, hey everyone, how are we doing after that? 
Um, it's what a challenge and a privilege it is that we find ourselves in a place that we can share the gospel with others, to grow our children and our young people um, strong in their faith formation, um, so that they'll be able to navigate the challenges ahead in today's society. Um, I hope that you'll take some time to think about the things you want to change or do differently in your lives um, and in the, your ministry, um, and thinking about how you can keep the main thing the main thing. Um, and so as I mentioned at the beginning, this is a resource for you to use in your faith community setting. Um, so get together with your children and your youth teams or your core leadership team. Um, and whatever you do, just make sure that Jesus is at the center. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you got something out of it, maybe a little nugget of wisdom or a practical tip you can start implementing in your ministry. If you want to check out more, you can head to our website, www.moreconference.co.nz for the most up-to-date news and content from us. We'll see you next time on the More Children's and Youth Leadership Podcast. Mm-hmm.